We acknowledge the elders of Wadarung and Wurundjeri country where dare to fire is recorded. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Dare Defy podcast, mother-daughter duo sharing feminist stories from both sides of the wave. Dare is being courageous and beyond dealing with shit. And Defy is being brave enough to challenge yourself and stand up against shit. And we're storytellers, not experts. darling. Hello Izzy. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am a little bit nervous about tonight's episode or today's episode depending on when people are listening of course. I'm nervous because I haven't done my homework. Shit. That's what I thought. But I feel like a lot of what we're gonna do or what you're going to discuss I think that that's just all in your brain. All right well I'm with the listeners here. I have no idea about what's about to happen. Well, here's <laughs> cheers. Oh, so getting ourselves organised. ASMR. She's packed to the rafters. Cheers, darling. Cheers, darling. All right, so... Oh, and we should just explain that if you hear a little bit of barking, it's nothing but uh, beautiful Betty come to join us for the evening. The gorgeous girl that is Betty. Because hmm. this is actually with me in uh, Fitzroy tonight in the new abode, which is lovely to have you. Just had some Indian for dinner. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, it's just so lovely to be... Back in the city amongst the life and lights of the people that you love, that I love, mm. the people that I love. Yeah, it's mm. good to have you here too, Ezzy. Thanks, darling. So, on tonight's episode, we are going to talk about witches. Ooh. 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 So, so, the reason that we wanted to talk about witches was because I feel like it's such a witches are just such a feminist icon without it probably really being discussed i mean it gets discussed sure but i think in mainstream media it can um it can come across in a completely different light yeah and i think it's because it came from our discussion about what are the waves of feminism if we are you know if i was born and had most of my adult life in between the waves the in between the 70s and now or is it 10 years ago already who knows (laughs) Uh, so what are, what are the waves? And we were talking about that and we talked about the fact that the whole concept of witches and the witch hunts, uh, is not discussed as, as a wave and is it or not? I mean, really, who knows? It's probably not because it wasn't a movement, but it was definitely a time in the storytelling of women where women were absolutely persecuted and it came from 
a line that I'd heard. Um, I'd heard women talking about the witch hunts and one woman said, hey, they're not witch hunts. Like, what's a witch? They were women hunts. Straight up. Honestly, I feel like I've learned so much in the lead up to this episode. Things I was just completely unaware of. So I think, you know, a bit of an introduction to the two types of witches that I want to discuss with you here tonight is one of them being the satanic witch. So the satanic witch is the witch that in mainstream media is usually portrayed as the the witches that uh, worship Satan and they have a sexual connection to Satan. So it's like a it's like the witches from Hocus Pocus. Quick little sidebar and homage to Bette Midler on stage singing, um, <laughs> "I put a spell on you and now you're mine." Oh God, what a superstar! So that's the satanic witch but the most common witch that gets brought up in films oh sorry should i say just quickly yeah. is that also other satanic witches the ones from the witches of eastwick yes because they were around jack nicholson who was considered the devil i you know i love how you've come straight in with this whole concept from you know the um whatever hundreds they were and talking about them through popular culture. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, because it, it, I think that's another thing that I learned as well when I was doing my research is that there's hundreds of different types of witches, but for some reason over history, we've really, you know, latched onto, you know, about three or four specific types. And the other witch that I want to, sorry, the, I don't know, is that even appropriate? The other witch, the other type of witch just trying to be uh, genre trope. Um, they're all they're all not metaphors for women, but they're all types. They're all types. They? Okay, we'll stick with type. Um, is the pagan or the the traditional witch? So the traditional witch gains their power from nature, and gains their um, their willpower from within. So I really like this witch because it's. It's, it's almost like a form of meditation. Like me and my friends do little spells to, you know, manifest good energy for one another or, you know, some people might not believe it and or whatever. And that's totally fine. But I think it's really nice to hone in on a moment in time where you want to think about something and put your energy into it. So I think the, yeah, the traditional witch is really popular in films like uh, The Craft and Midsummer. Have you seen Midsummer? No. Oof. Shit. I think in some are just too scary for me. Some are really full, full on. Like in Midsummer, that that shit's really scary. I used to. I should say another aside here. I used to love horror films because Mum and Dad would take us to the drive-in to watch horror films, and often there was, and they would actually make us sit outside the car. So this is like sometime. In well, actually, it must have been really late seventies because we would be made to sit outside the car or go down to the playground at the front, you know, like right underneath the screen, and we they would take us to Hammer Horror films. So there was always this. Uh, I think Lesbian Lovers was the was the Vampire Lovers. Sorry, Vampire Lovers, mm-hmm. and within that there were 
there was a room with three lesbian vampires who loved each other and of course sucked the blood of anybody who came close and you know as a as a preteen watching that stuff who knows maybe that was where my feminism was forged beneath <laughs> vampire lovers it makes sense maybe <laughs> they maybe they're connecting with you through the screen mm, felt like it yeah it's really beautiful um yeah, so they, so I think the there was um, something that I wrote uh, that sorry that I read, which was um, term the term of self empowerment that one uses for themselves. It's a way of life, but for a lot of other people, mainly men, it would be an insult to them if you if you proclaimed that you're a witch. And the history of the witch is was actually quite a positive thing and it was actually biblical it was it was brought up in the bible and you know nothing nothing major it's like how you know some people really hang on to the the man or it must be a man and a woman it can't be same-sex marriage there's not enough there for people to hang on to to make it good or bad however over time some people just don't like it and then it forms an opinion much like this fucker who you're probably aware of let me see if i can get his name right Einwright kramer Oh, over to you. <laughs> well, he was a man, so post the, I think it was like the 1200s around um, the Black Plague. It was after then that witchcraft started to get a really bad name because women were, you know, women witches were, were mainly healers. So they were there to, you know, get people back to health. But they weren't getting people back to health because the Black, Black Plague, rather, much like COVID is just is just spreading and it's it's out of anyone's hands. But this one guy was convinced that witchcraft was deadly evil, and he wrote this book called Malleus Maleficarum. I'm not going to say that right. Anyway, it's just this misogynistic, woman bashing book that um, you know he claims it is connected to the Catholic Church. However. The Catholic Church, after three years, was like, "No, your your portrayal of demons is inaccurate. It's not correct." But over three hundred years, people really, but followed the beliefs of this book, and it was talking about witchcraft and talking about if a woman proclaims that she is a witch, then you must torture her. You must look for the signs, and the signs would be, you know, a demon marking on your body so they would strip them and you know search their vaginas and look at their breasts and look for these marks so it actually stopped women talking to one another because they were scared of um getting looked at as if they were witches so he he wholeheartedly stopped women talking stopped women communicating divided them and even if women had little birthmarks they would try and cut them out but then that would look more suspicious so even if you were a witch, but majority of the women at the time weren't witches and they were getting burnt at the stake. So how does, a, how does one person, obviously that was Betty in the background, with the concept of um, printing being such a, you know, probably only available to fairly wealthy people because mm. how, how would you pay for a book to be printed? That how does one person, clearly a very rich man, mm -hmm. 
enable like an entire society to to follow those rules and it's because they want to yes well most definitely and I, I kind of find it funny like is it a you know it's such a common thing for them to throw to you know if a woman is a witch she's she's having some sort of sexual connection with the demon it's just like bitch are you jealous like <laughs> yeah. oh, and that awful thing about like um weighting them down and if they if they floated to the top they were witches and then you could burn them and yes. if they drowned unfortunately it meant they were a woman yeah and well unfortunately they just died in the proving of it and i think the um there's an entire sorry there's an entire uh american uh tradition and generation of filmmakers who have who've contributed to this in this entire proposal but the fact yeah. that they were hunts on women if women weren't doing the right thing if they if they if they were trying to help other women you know to heal then they were a witch yeah birthmarks they were a witch if they did anything that was out of line you know they were a witch and they deserved hunting that's that's the way that's where our history is yeah and it's you know especially of that time it's already such a you know unequal is that the right word i don't know where you're going well, just genders, gender, fuck, just uh, gender specific. Like it was, it was already fucked. Hmm. And then here's this dude. Which another little fun fact. He um, there was a really famous writer that had passed away around the time that he published the book, and he put his name on it. So that's what got people reading the book even more because his name was stamped on it. So often you can find the book, and this other dude's name is on it, not. Not this guy that wrote it, who again is Einwright Kramer. Yeah, okay. It's. But 300 years, 300 years that this shit went on for, and people just followed suit. And even the Catholic Church, this dude tried connecting it to the Catholic Church, and after three years, they were like, actually, the shit that you're projecting is totally whack, does not make sense. So they've they've even pushed back. But this dude's like, no, I'm going to go around to all these European cities and countries and whatever and and we know eliminate women and we know how bad churches are we know how bad religion is for women so you'd have to be pretty bad wouldn't you to to like oh actually no we don't want to do that so my god i'm laughing uh... yeah i'm laughing but the but the awful truth of those days can we we cannot possibly pretend to understand Yet what we have today is, is terminology where men actually use those terms. They say that if they are politicians, usually, if they are for some reason caught out, asked too many questions, suddenly they are victims of a witch hunt. No, you are not the victim of a witch hunt. Were you burnt at the stake? Were you drowned where you had no possibility to regain your your breath or your life? Were you held down and under for 300 years? No, it was a hunt of women. So when when men use that term, it just there's a little fire 
that goes all the way up my backbone it works its way past my rib cage and it works its way to the back of my neck before I feel like my head bursts into flames. It was not a fucking witch hunt. It was a women hunt. And then do you start singing, I put a spell on you and now you're mine. <laughs> oh God, no, I'd like to though. <laughs> I'd like to. You know, there's um, witches in different cultures as well and they were called different names and... <coughs> it's a spooky bark that you're talking the, about. Yeah. It's called spook barking and... Oh Sorry, everyone. Uh, if you're listening to this on uh, on a speaker and you have dogs, I apologise. <laughs> or if you, or even if you don't, it's taking the top of your head off. Sorry about that. She'll calm down in a minute, or something else bugging. will happen. Or we'll cut. Or we'll keep barking. <laughs> and now we're back. <laughs> uh, so, um, which is in other cultures we were talking about. So being a woman of Irish descent, there are hags. Oh, sorry. There's a really fun fact about hags. Though. <laughs> I'll go on then um, and we'll come back to the Irish. Pre, pre-plague, uh, the word hag was a compliment. So it was, um, it was a privilege to, to grow old. You were, you were beautiful if you'd experienced and you were older but then as soon as the word witch and witchcraft turned to be a dirty word, then hag was used as an insult. Wow, you know, I, why doesn't that surprise me? Why does that? I know. Uh, what, or did I say why does that not surprise me? Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. Because so, <laughs> I'm quite sure. <laughs> yes. Why does that not surprise me? And, you know, other words for women that we don't use anymore because, oh. So we choose the word bachelorette. Like literally, what the fuck, people? <laughs> Spinsters. Why Why is not spinster a good, good enough word to use? Because it relates only to women. Whereas if a bachelor is really cool and swinging, right, a spinster was considered to be a buttoned up old wizened creature that nobody could want so what did they do when they went to the television stations did they say did they pitch the show hey we want a show called the spinsters and they just went oh god no we're not having that so what did they go what did they go for they didn't go for like a powerful word for unmarried women they didn't go for that word they went for a word which meant that you were the lesser part of the male version of that. So you were a bachelorette. Oh, that fucking et word is so infuriating because it's it sounds so dainty and it sounds secondary and I want to punch it if it was a physical object. Fun fact. Oh. <laughs> and incredibly horrifying. Oh, it's horrifying. <laughs> In basketball, this is this is probably um, talking 1980s here. Uh, I was invited to be part of a team that um, would gather just just for this particular to- tournament, 
And so there were the Y Men's, Y Men's team, which was part of the YMCA or something. So it was Y Men's. And I went, oh, yeah, maybe. Um, what's the name? Why did I ask that? I don't know. What's the name? Oh, it's the Y Menettes. Oh, for fuck. <laughs> it's true. Menettes. So women couldn't have our <laughs> own name. name. You couldn't even say the word women. You were menettes. Less than men. So bachelor, bachelorette, less than a bachelor. So why is it that... Anyway, but to jump back to the term hag, which is where that conversation came from, uh, there is a beautiful word for Irish women who were sirens and they were called Kalisha. And it's such a beautiful word. I don't know if it's used in... In mainstream, probably not, but my sisters and I got together and we developed a a small business or we wanted to put an enterprise together and we called ourselves Kalisha. That's gorgeous. But our public name is The Aunties, but in in our business dealings, we are Kalisha. We are Kalisha. So in the 300 years that this was going down when witches and women were being burnt at the stake, there was one country that didn't ever be a part of it. I think they had maybe eight trials, but I don't think, might be I need to fact check that, but I don't think they ever killed anyone, was Ireland. So every other country in Europe were like, we're going to follow this Kramer dude. What he says about women and witches is correct and we're just going to kill them off. But Ireland... Wow. I wonder if that's because Irish folklore is so strong with with hags and Kalisha and they have a really strong commitment to spirituality. Yeah. And that and that they um there was such a there was such a fight in Ireland between religions the and the, as well. What was they protagonists? Protest- <laughs> Protestants. Protestants. Yeah. But I wonder I wonder if I wonder if that, but I also wonder did the witches just put a spell on them? Said, <gasps> oh nothing to see here, everyone. Oh, they're clever, those Irish. I hope that's the case. Yeah, me too. It'll be interesting to find out. So that might be my homework for next week. Yes. That was beautiful, honey. I that really enjoyed that. And I really love that you did all the homework this week and I did just did nothing. Well, I was surprised that you didn't know out. this book or this dude. I reckon uh, you would definitely know about it because it is everywhere, honey. And some of the things... Actually, while we're here, I'm just going to read one thing out to you that is just a bit of a taste of what this fuckwit You know why, though? Do you know why, though? Probably from my end. I know, I know myself and the way that I understand stories is that I attempt to become so wholehearted from the women's point of view that it's almost yeah. like I actually this guy I don't this guy does not need any space in my brain 
I do not need to understand what he wrote, but I, I understand emotion and I understand action and I understand malevolence. I understand those things. I don't need this guy's name in my head. That's very valid. So I guess I won't read this part out. Would we use it? Does he do, do his words need more power, or do we need, or do we need to hear it to, to? I think it was hate him. What do we? What do we need to hear it for? I think you need to hear it because the the uh, the misogynistic undertones that are throughout the entire book it's from what i've read it just feels like every page is uh i hate women club okay go on okay this is one of his uh, most popular ones uh, okay what else is woman but a foe to friendship an inescapable punishment, a necessary evil, a natural temptation, a desirable calamity, a domestic danger, a delectable detriment, an evil of nature, painted with fair colours. Therefore, if it is a sin to divorce her, it is indeed a necessary torture, for either we commit adultery by divorcing her, or we must endure daily strife. What the fuck? Who is this dude? Like, because he is the main reason why this happened. But people just followed suit. So it's, uh, I don't know, for me, I think it's, I do want to understand a little bit of the text. I'm not going to go fucking buy the book because I'll just become even more angry. Actually, maybe we should do that. Mm. But I think it is important to to understand... uh, a little bit about him to because he's the one that started this before this witchcraft wasn't wasn't a dangerous act it was but i don't see him as the one who started it i because it takes more than one person for the persecution of women across 300 years and across the ages did all the other men just jump on that and go hey totally that's really that's good stuff right there let's um he planted the seed that out but they all followed suit yes and it's just it's just i think it's just so gut-wrenching that you know you think back to years and years and years ago where women, when they would bleed, they would bleed together and they'd go out into the forest and maybe that's the reason why our, you know, our witchy cycles sync up because that's where a lot of women would do their talking and communicating. They'd just sit in the ground and bleed for a week together. So well, he actually took away something from women which was communicating and loving and friendship and he took that away. Not only he him, not only him. He but. can't take that away because if we look at what happens today when when women share a household, they end up sharing the same period cycle. We get in cycle regardless of what men tell us to do. Yes. Or how we're meant to behave. But and he but he isolated women at that time. Yeah. Yep, I yep, I absolutely agree. But the sharing of his words, yeah, I just, I don't know that I think that's in any way a positive thing. I like to look at the women who 
who fought against that and who stood the fuck up to that system. And I think when we look at the suffragettes in in the next episode or, I don't know, in five episodes' time, whatever we decide. We never know the timeline, do we? <laughs> that, that we can actually talk about, we can give give names to those women. Joan of Arc. Mm. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. Yep. Do we use this man's words to to define us or define our our ferocity at the way we're being treated? I I just feel like sometimes that women should and that's a that's a ridiculous thing to say. I don't mean that. I mean as women collectively we can use our own voice. So one example is there was an American politician who used the term when questioned about why he, you know, hadn't contacted women about being in his parliament or his whatever the fuck. He said, "Oh, are you kidding? I've got binders of women. I can find women all over the place." And women were quite rightly outraged about that however now on Facebook we have um, secret groups of which I'm part as well I love these groups I adore them but why do we call them binders of women because some bloke somewhere once said a really shitty thing about us where is our own language of ourselves and we do have our own language but it's constantly derided Kalisha which hag spinster and that's just like off the top of my head bachelorette did you say that well that's what i'm that's yeah i know so i was just <laughs> joining in there but i think there's something that some women try to reclaim a word back so you know bitch or broad broad city they're two iconic queens that you know, in the last episode, when they wrap it up, that's the first time that a dude calls them abroad and they're like, oh, fuck off, whatever. But they're reclaiming the word back. So I think in, in some in some ways it's like, it's, it's yeah, it's a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that back. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you can say bitch, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say bitch, but not in the way that you're doing it. Yeah, but that is our language. That yeah. is our language okay. that they have subsumed to mean something else. So I want to reclaim the word spinster. I can't do that because, oh, actually I can. I'm an unmarried woman, but I am cohabitating with a male. And I'm a bastard child. Yeah. So what's wrong with that? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) So it's that thing about it's the way that we use language and how important language is. But let's use our language. Let's let's use the language that is denied us and women have a shared experience of denial Hmm. a shared experience of oppression but we also have a shared experience of denial and the levels of denial that we will accept and I think sometimes I wonder if that's where mothers and daughters uh tension 
comes from. I know with my own mother, I'm sure that in my younger teenage or older teenage years and my understanding of who I was as a feminist and talking to mum about Gloria Steinem and how amazing that whole that the whole wave was that I'd missed because I was too young but now I'd I'd friggin missed out because we had as a movement plateaued because somehow we thought we had won I I came along later so it's like oh my god you're amazing what's gonna happen now hello hello what's gonna happen now hello anybody what's gonna happen now and there was nobody there so in in the in my friendship groups we did things like start you know our collective we began uh not a shelter but we but we started a domestic violence service to support women and children but that was after the wave i've i felt like i'd been left behind because so many women thought that they had won and i knew we hadn't and there were so many of us that knew we hadn't and I worry so much for younger women like you and your friends to think that, oh, yeah, like, no, it's a wave. No, we've got everything. It's cool. We've won. And a whole lot of older feminists are just standing there going, oh, my God, we've, we're, we will plateau again and we still are not safe. We still cannot rightfully earn the the equal wage of a man we are defined by our wombs which are controlled by men we haven't fucking won anything but the hope of the movement is i don't know is that in the next wave or are we still waving <laughs> i don't know where are we i think we should continue to wave and continue to have mm. you know the foot on the pedal and having these conversations are really crucial to, I mean, we're, we're never going to see a, you know, an equal society between genders, between cultures, colours, anything. But as long as we continue conversations and, you know, continue to have that phone I got, then, I mean, we won't see it by the time that we're... Well, we're alive, but I, I really think that in the last five years, there's been a huge shift in, you know, especially after the Me Too movement, there's been a, a shift in, in women that usually wouldn't speak up are now speaking up, which I think, you know, is really important to have those people like Clementine Ford, who is a staunch feminist, and I believe in a lot of things that she says, but other things she says I, it's, I don't know about. But I feel having an important human woman like her in you know having the platform that she does almost holding the anger for the women that that feel like they have the anger but don't know where to place it so she's a really important person to have around yes and i think that we need to search and find those voices that we are not easily connected to voices like Celeste Little, who is an Aboriginal woman, feminist, and fucking shit kicker. She is awesome, and her voice needs to be spread as well. As do ours. 
as do ours. Yeah, with the understanding that we have a privilege that is not afforded to to other women and trying our best to, to understand that as yeah. well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And keeping our foot in the pedal. Yeah. Continue I love to you, darling. I, I, love I, you, I feel like knowing you and knowing your friends and knowing that those fights and arguments uh, are yet to come and and I, I, feel, I feel so hopeful because I feel so much energy from the younger, younger generations of women who are coming up learning about this stuff like witches witches are doing it for themselves there's a woman hunt woman hunt not a fucking witch hunt a woman hunt you hear that yeah. alright let's go do a spell oh I predict that in one minute my glass will be refilled <gasps> What's that one? I don't know. That's who's a genie. Oh man. It's um it's pretty crazy. I feel like I've um I've learnt a lot about witches. And I feel like witches are really cool because it's growing up it was definitely something that Without without knowing or understanding the origins and the real hectic part of of you know being a witch, but I always just felt so cool to think that you know you could do spells on a little cauldron and you know spread good energy or do a little love spell or you know the the thought of that is just so I don't know I really I really love leaning on that and kind of cherishing my 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 younger years for that. I feel like that's, that's something that will never go away. That mystery and that, that fun. That's beautiful. And it's interesting because being storytellers, not experts, I have another interesting story to tell you to do with witches and to do with that traditional witch, that witch where the power comes from within. And when you feel that power, it, it is, uh, uh, I want to say electrifying, but but it's probably like pre-electricity as well. <laughs> Some reason I thought you were going to say orgasmic. And I was oh, like, she say yeah, no, she's probably not going to say no, it, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I was working on a, on a project, so I'm a photographer and filmmaker. And in my photographer guise, when I was much younger, I had uh, a mob come to me and ask, me to take a series of photos for their theatre production and then they would hang them on the wall in the in the um, pre-entry space so you could see their images all very cool uh but they didn't pay me in the end they got the photos printed they hung them up and oh but you know that they they paid you an exposure Oh, the exposure wasn't even a thing then. Really? Oh my God, I feel so old. I didn't even God. get an exposure. No, that's a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a bad thing full out because, you know, I had... Anyway, it doesn't, doesn't matter what the issues were. They didn't pay me, right? So oh, they gave me a couple of tickets to the show. That didn't quite cut it. And I decided that I would put a spell 
Sorry, no, it wasn't a spell, a curse. No, it was a curse. I was going to curse this guy. And I had it all framed up in my mind and... Um, and I saw him, him him this day and said it must have been maybe after one of the one of the shows, and I said to him, "Are you going to pay me?" And he said, "Yes, and here's your money." <laughs> and I said, "Oh, damn it!" And he goes, "What do you mean? You've been after your money for ages." And I said, "Yeah, but I was going to put a curse on you." <laughs> He goes, oh, God, I'm glad it got in before the curse. But here's my curse. This is what I was going to do. I was going to curse him that every $50 note he saw, you know, it's not the curse that you'd put on these days, <laughs> but every $50 note he saw, he would think of me and my bill. And I reckon that would have damn well worked. So I knew at that stage, not only did I have the power to curse, and I didn't have to in that situation, However, I have cursed people since, but only when it was just really, really bad. Like what? Well, well, I can't tell you because it was really, really bad, but the curse worked. Oh, it was works, It was a very similar curse to that, but, but just to was say it, it to cuts? their face. No, it was, I think in this guy's case, it was every time he saw a $20 bill. <laughs> but then I thought, oh no, he probably sees too many $20 bills. He has to see a 50 <laughs> for him to really feel bad. <laughs> oh, I remember growing up, um, Bridge often, Bridge is my cousin. She often talks about how she thought you were a witch and how you used to play into it. <laughs> oh, true. Because she had really long black hair mm. and you used to scare the shit out of her. But you, you knew exactly what you were doing. I did. Because you knew, you knew one day that you'd be able to have a chat about it and it'd just be gigs. No, I wanted her to understand that women were powerful. So not necessarily scary. But I think that you did a few things that might have been a bit scary. Oh, like what? Ah, just, um, I don't know, like little, ooh, little hands oh. in the face. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I, because it's interesting what, what children understand. So if yes. you look at the at the pop culture references of what is a witch when you go when you take your children to the costume shop or you want to talk to them about being a witch it's a long peaked black cap with a huge wart on your nose and green face yeah and I think for for you and and for a lot of your cousins as well I introduced them to the Wizard of Oz Yes. 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 So that was, yeah. The interesting thing about that is often with uh, children's films, that's the kind of witch that they would portray, but there would never be, much like any witch movies actually, especially children's ones, they never have a backstory about why this witch is evil. It's always just, she's evil. The, the, how we're going to show that she's evil is she's going to be green or she's going to have warts or she's going to have a broomstick and or she's she'll going to be, be ugly black. and she'll be ugly god forbid it's wild but in the wizard of oz you have the two witches you have the wicked witch of the east and you have 
uh, Glinda, the, the Witch of the West. No, other way around. The oh. Wicked Witch of the East is Glinda. And I think the Wicked Witch of the West is... Is it Eveline? Or Eveline was... Why did you have an actual name? What, I, well, I, I know, know Glinda. I know Glinda. Yeah. Glinda was the good witch and she was very beautiful and wore lots of sparkly outfits. But I wanted you, apart from my absolute adoration of, of that film and it being a female-led protagonist and she leads and carries the entire story and men in different guises as lions and tin men and scarecrows follow her and 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 do her bidding even though she doesn't know what her bidding is initially but Glinda has this thing at the very end of the film she is a witch and she says to Dorothy you've always had the power you just had to learn how to use it for yourself. Oof. Oof. Cheers to that one, honey. Here's to your power, bub. Here's to your power. Here's to your power. Yeah, here's to your power, listeners. Now, your homework for this week is to do some Googling. See um, see what kind of scents you like. Maybe you're a chamomile. Maybe you're a lavender. Get some incense in the house. Do a little spell for yourself. Do some research. And send us <laughs> wherever. If you can jump on Instagram at daredefy.podcast and send us a challenge. Yeah. Do a do a, a good spell for yeah. us. Or tell us about your witchy moment. That'd be beautiful. Yes. Or if you would have oh, it might be a bit dark. I was going to say, if there was a time that you wanted to put a hex on someone or a curse, why and when and why didn't you? Maybe there wasn't enough information. Look, I think that's really strong because when we talk about power within, we do have have the power to damage, but we also have the power to love and the power for joy and the power to learn how to use it for ourselves. Yeah. Hmm. Here's to witches, my darling. Here's to witches. Love ya. Bye, everyone. Love you more. While you sit and listen to a skull. I've been vaping. Is that bad that I've been vaping? Do you think it is? start now, won't it? I hope so. Can I have a bit of that? Thank you for listening to Dare Defy Podcast. This episode was recorded on Woiwurrung Country. Thanks to Becky from The Good Type Co. for the beautiful illustration. And Mickey Beats from Record Attempts for the beautiful sounds of our podcast. And Yum Studio for recording gear and generally putting up with us both, really. Thank you very much. Take care, Gunny Air. Bye. Bye.